0: Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker.
1: Yeah, and that was, that was an amazing track. I mean, that was one of the biggest bucks I've ever seen, for one. Um, And the as far as you tracked it, I mean, he went a crazy Just I couldn't even believe you guys tracked him that far yourselves through that swamp and how thick that cattail was that was like that cattail was taller than me definitely so um and yeah it's 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 a lot of fun tracking and we took oh you got
0: her dude she's down let's go dude i just shot a deer of a lifetime
1: freaking smoked him one with nature and if you're a believer one with god
2: definitely gets your heart pumping. Boy, you are in trouble. Fall Obsession Podcast. My name is Drew tordick I'm your host this week for Fall Obsession Podcast. This is the first episode of the Midwest edition. Um my first guest this week is Nas. You guys have heard the story from last year about me tracking my do- or my deer that I shot here. Um, had quite a track, had a little bit of difficulty finding it, decided to back out and call in some tracking dogs. Um, So, Naz, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thank you for having me. I'm Naz, um, part of Minnesota Tracking Dogs. Uh, Currently, as I reside in Anoka, Minnesota, um, I currently have two tracking dogs, Chevy, who we met last year, and um, a new puppy who uh, needs some training. He's, (laughs) He's very young, so... But yeah, love Chevy. He's on his. Uh, this will be his third year of tracking, and his uh, third third birthday coming up in September. Um, so, that that lab. He's a black lab uh, mix mutt. Call him super mutt. Um, I. Uh, I found out recently, I'm, I may have been mixed up with what he was as a breed before. I used to think he was a Black Lab German Shepherd. but I mean, he looks like it. Right. <laughs> but he's actually a Black Lab St. Bernard. And then the sire was a Border Collie. Okay. Um, just a farm dog who I decided to take into tracking after I watched uh, Shane Simpson's videos um, uh Cali Chronicles on Facebook and uh, YouTube. I was watching his videos. He basically got me inspired into tracking. Um, but originally, I started tracking with my old dog, Chase, hence my name on Facebook, Chevy Chase, is where you can find myself and my contact if you need to get a hold of me this season. Um, and so I uh, Chevy is my newer dog. Chase was an old lab I had. And so how I got into tracking was, um, chase as a, just a yellow lab bird dog that we had family dog. I've grown up around dogs in the household, um, as a kid, like since I was two years old, as, as young as I can remember. Um, chase was just a great family dog. We had only until six years old. Unfortunately, he passed away due to cancer a little bit early, but wonderful dog. Um, so I shot a few deer. I had some bad shots myself when I was younger, uh, about four years ago, and we took Chase out, and I just decided to run him uh, after these deer, and um, I, to my surprise, I didn't even know about tracking until that, until after he found actually two deer for me that year, that season, and um, I would have never found those deer without him. Uh, no blood, just not a good shot. M- maybe the my. Site was off at the time. I I couldn't recall, but it happens. So that's that's how I got into it. Uh, I remember tracking with my father when I was younger over in Wisconsin. Um, Just he had bad shot placement before, and uh, end up I actually saw this deer running behind me, but I couldn't even get another shot on it. Um, But I could tell that was his deer because it was injured, and um, yeah, I remember we tracked that thing on hands and knees that. that that whole night. And um, I just learned that tracking is also about wait times. Um, I think we pushed that deer too early. And uh, there's a misconception to, I believe, just around the community that, you know, you can track a deer right away when you leave the stand. But uh, we've even gone after um, gut shots that uh, a lot of times I want to wait 24 hours now. Um, with a dog before I send them out because I'm confident in my dog's tracking abilities at this point. Um, and then because of the time we've seen how long it can take at times for, um, certain shot placements to actually, for a deer to fully expire at times, there are some crazy stories of deer laying down just all of a sudden waking back up. Um, we, we have a few, uh, as trackers that, and it's great, a great community that I became a part of, um i i can't think of anything else i want to do more than other than tracking lately (laughs) i kind of gave up a whole bunch of other hobbies to to be a part of it and um yeah so and chevy is my new dog i got him as a pup three years ago uh and i got him for the sole purpose of of tracking and that's all thanks to shane and he has wonderful videos and data on his, uh, site that I actually will use as reference because he's got some great, uh, statistics here, um, that are sort of generalized and it puts a very good, uh, perspective to hunting. So if you want to check that out, that's at shanesimpsonhunting.com. There's uh, deer tracking data. And, uh, over the past few years, he can, he put together this data that's very, um, effective in my eyes and. Yeah, so yeah, I know that's something that, you know,
2: viewers from other parts of the country not be, might not be familiar with, but that's something that is pretty interesting here in Minnesota. It's something that we recently legalized and it's something that I know people are taking advantage of, you know, watching that Minnesota trackers page. It's amazing how many deer you guys are finding that in years past would have just been left to rot in the field and you know, some actually pretty nice bucks that you guys are finding. So that's it's great to see. Yeah. Um, I also find it pretty interesting that you and I got connected through the same person that got you into tracking, you know, Mm -hmm. the, the Cali Chronicles is the page that actually found that connected the two of us when I needed help finding my deer. So yep, um, pretty interesting. Yeah. And that was,
1: that was an amazing track. I mean, that was one of the biggest bucks I've ever seen for one. Um, And the, as far as you tracked it, I mean, he went a crazy just, I couldn't even believe you guys tracked him that far yourselves through that swamp and how thick that cattail was that was like that cattail was taller than me definitely so um and yeah it's 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 a lot of fun tracking and we took chevy out and um he did wonderful he he really uh has a prey drive for those for some of those shots that i can um tell a total difference in like that day he just pulled pulled like crazy and um that that helps me read him a little easier um, as compared to some tracks, he will slow down. Um, but yeah, that one, he just went like crazy the whole, I think we went an, I think we advanced that one over another mile yeah. aside from uh, what you, you tracked it for.
2: Yeah. So from where I shot it, I think we had tracked it as the crow flies, it was probably six to 800 yards. But as we'd kind of wound around and followed blood, it must've been close to a mile. Oh yeah. Uh, we'd crossed the Creek two different times. Yep, And I mean, we were finding blood. It was right at shoulder height and you'd see an inch or two size piece of the grass covered in blood. And then you'd look forward another 10 feet and see another one there. And so you'd be able to walk 10 feet at a time and move it up and move it up. Yeah. But I mean, I shot that deer in the morning and probably started tracking it around noon, like as far as got out of the stand, went and checked my arrow, saw the blood, saw that it was nice, bright red blood and started kind of following it found a bed where it had bedded and was like, all right, this is a pretty good sign. Um, and just, you know, the further we went and the longer it had been and mm-hmm. we had rain coming in and it was, it just got to a point where I couldn't track it anymore. And we'd cross that creek and, I, you know, I got to a point and I was like, you know, I'm going to back out from right here. I, I have to. There's really no other option. It's getting dark and I've got to back out for the night with the rain. Um, and then I started reaching out to you guys and we were able to go right back to that spot and it was amazing. Watching the dog pick up that scent from, I had kind of guessed it across crossed the creek again, but we didn't really have a good idea of where it had started. And mm-hmm. we checked that one side and nothing, nothing, and walked back over to the other side. And as soon as we had picked that scent up, that dog was pulling. And, man, I was behind you trying to sprint to keep up. And yeah. Uh, I know I lost you at one point in there, but yeah, it was, it was a fast track. I think we did that extra mile and a half in
1: less than 20 minutes so to watch the dog work that scent was yeah pretty crazy yeah it's a it's a workout at times with him being 75 pounds Um, a lot of the trackers uh, carry smaller smaller dogs Um, but yeah and uh, Hades my new bloodhound he's already getting big he's at 16 weeks over 30 pounds so (laughs) he's gonna be huge so i hear their bloodhounds them pulling you is like a 150 pound freight train um so it's it's gonna be exciting uh watching him grow up and but yeah i like i like to roll with the big dogs uh that's just me it's just way easier to tell the body language when they're they're pulling you (laughs) across the across the woods and everywhere so yeah I just let him kind of take the reins, and that's the that's the key is learning how to trust the dog. And when it comes to tracking with a hound, um, if you can't trust the blood, which uh, the the tracking dogs don't specifically aren't specifically trained to track for blood, that's how we start them. Um, it's like when you start a puppy, they're super excited to see kibble and blood and a trail, and you start them on short distance, and then you start Practicing longer distance is how we train them. Take the kibble away, less blood, less blood. Then you start mixing in hooves together with it because we are ultimately training the the hounds on uh, inter-digital, interdigital glands. There is other ways. There's more than one way to skin a cat, so maybe other people have other ways of training a puppy, but that's just how I've been doing it. Um, maybe some people intermix the hoof at the, at the same time stage of when they're uh, introducing them to blood but um, now I train my dog Chevy uh, sometimes with blood sometimes without just because I want him to get a mix because not all tracks are the same so we like to what I call is simulate tracking as compared to hunting um, personally I like to train when I get the chance to uh, in the off season uh, train with my dog sometimes even during the season if I can um, just get the dog on a training track or two, just because it, 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 you learn to know where the dog is going. It's, it's a training track. So, but, um, ultimately we, there are scenarios where there's no blood. So we want to train a dog up to like 24 hours, sometimes even longer, um, to go past that point and, um, tracks without blood at times and just hoofs because the hoofs are always on the ground. Um, there's always that scent, the interdigital gland, which is between the two hoofs of all four feet of the deer. Um, and if you do want to train to track a track deer with your own dog, you can keep hoofs during the season, keep them fresh, keep them in a the freezer, and then yeah, and reward your dog with hide or um, deer uh, deer hoofs at the end, and give them a prize and uh, re- follow reward hierarchy with with your pup. Some dogs like to just play after after they find something so um uh yeah that's how we how we start pups and that's how we kind of get into it
2: nice now now that interdigital scent must be kind of unique to the deer right because i mean i know the deer we tracked was crossing over other deer trails and even other fresh tracks where you could tell there had been another deer mm-hmm. that had been i mean maybe even after the one that i'd shot crossed through there so they
1: must be able to tell the difference i believe it's sort of like a I don't know the science behind it, but maybe like an adrenal gland. So when a deer is injured like such, they will give off that scent um, because it, in a way it's a gland that alerts deer in the other area, I'm hurt, um, stay away. Or possibly uh, maybe even other uh, mammals, unfortunately, like coyotes and such, um, dogs can scent that out. Uh, coyotes are... Amazing at sending that out. Um, oftentimes, they they can catch up before a tracker does, and it sucks. But they they can even push your deer while it's still running too, as well. Um, so that's why we really uh like to, even if you're worried about like let's say coyotes getting at your deer overnight, um, it's best to just let the deer expire, versus you just keep running it, running it until you're out of blood, and then a lot of dogs uh, or every dog has a, a different, um, prey drive. Um, some dogs maybe want to follow that scent of a deer running that's still alive, or they have the prey drive to just want to follow a dead deer uh, more. So, um, a lot, all dogs for the most part can do both, but they will, they will have a different uh, body language. They will follow it differently. Uh, such as Chevy, uh, the black lab who you saw, he, he is a great dog for um, the prey drive of a deer that's actually wounded and still running. He, for some reason, he he enjoys that. Sometimes when he finds a dead deer, he's like, okay, what's next? <laughs> but, so he's just kind of like sitting there and just kind of watching. But like you, you put him around a deer that's that's still maybe sleeping and resting within its bed but injured, mm-hmm. he will chase it around town like, <laughs> like crazy. And um I think that's what we ran into and he will pull like crazy. I've had to to switch up, um, like my gear, I used to use a hip, a a harness. Mm -hmm. I can't use that no more. Um, he pulls just way too hard, man. I, I switched to like a collar and then I run it between his legs. And so that, that works a lot better with just it. I've noticed in training, I've, uh, gone in real world situations using that tracking collar and yeah, that helped me a lot um, personally, but everybody uses different gear. It's good to try different things out um, as a hobby. It's kind of like trying out a different gun to me <laughs> yeah. When, yeah. or a bow. It's it's all about getting used to what you like as well as what your dog enjoys and um, finding the right dog for you personally. A lot of dogs can track. There's no best breed. best thing I think is a dog that can live with you in your home most of the time or um, you know, cause you won't be tracking all the time, but right. that dog will have that ability. Right. Now you had mentioned kind of the, the. Crossover
2: process or the the switchover process from going from like blood and cable into mm-hmm. kind of taking away the cable and taking away the eventually taking away some of the blood moving into the inner digital. Mm-hmm. W- what's the timeline look like on that? What is w- what age is the puppy when you are starting to do that sort of transition? And how much training? I guess maybe more than the age of the puppy. How much training have you done at that point before you start kind of removing the food?
1: Um, so, per se, I am not a trainer per se, but um, there. Our trainers, who I know, who can have a puppy at six months, um, maybe purebred. I've seen some at six months, months. Uh, any dog, bird dog, I think, with the proper amount of training, and um, the right uh, knowledge around training. There is a tracking Bible written by John. Um, I've I don't know how to say his last name, and I don't want to butcher it exactly, <laughs> but it's John J. Um, it's. Um, Let me look up the book name exactly. Yep. Um. Yeah. And I mean, we could talk a little bit more about some
2: of the other stuff. I mean, one of the things I found the most interesting uh, when you showed up was when you were putting on the rec specs and, you know, I'd seen them on TV and I'd seen them like advertised online, but that was the first dog that I'd seen him in the field. and. I was kind of questioning, you know, when I'd seen him online, how much the dogs are going to hate putting them on or whatever. And mm-hmm. you put them on and, and it was like, not a big deal. The dog knew it was time to work and Hey, we're going to go track an animal. Cause now I got my glasses on. That was pretty cool to see.
1: Oh yeah. Um, the thing is training repetition is key. Um, and you know, put real live tracks are still obviously different. It's put so, so much more scent to a dog. There's still a whole deer laying there. Um, whether alive or dead, um, or out there running and um, they, there's a lot more scent involved and that's the real world thing you have a whole deer out there that dog is going to enjoy it that much more as compared to training but the repetition is key and putting them on the tracks is the best, the best uh, real world perspective for tracking um, the book is Tracking Dogs for Finding Wounded Deer by John Jay um, that is a great resource for anybody starting out looking to get into it like you asked about the timeline um it all depends how much you train how many real world tracks a dog takes um and just the exposure that that dog gets and the amount of time that that repetition can set in for that dog maybe some breeds maybe a certain dog breed develops at a later age i've seen dogs at six months running 300 400 yard tracks amazing um spot on Even my dog at one or two years old, he might not look as good on a map, but he's more of a cut and swing sort of dog. And uh, he's kind of, the way his tracking ability goes sometimes is not always nose down exactly like a bloodhound would be, um, which is more of just nose down tracking dog. Um, So he will just kind of pick out spots. Okay, this isn't here. Dogs will correct themselves. And again, that's why it's best to just follow the dog when you're out there. Um, I've learned and you learn it the hard way when you're tracking or not the, their nose knows best. Um, it's a lot of times you will run into situations where you, where you don't see blood. Um, and a hunter might go, Hey, I'm not seeing blood over here. Well, I, I gotta follow the dog. (laughs) He, there's a reason we get called out and maybe we'll run into blood later or we just find, find your deer. Um, Sometimes the dog can just wind it and decide to get lazy, and they know where it's at, and they'll just go right to it. Um, so sometimes it's also good to read the dog, though, because I mean they are stuck to that digital scent. But there, even I've seen, I've noticed even with my dog being he has part border collie in him, possibly is the reason that he does this. Is he will try and herd all the live deer out of the area from a dead deer actually um, first he So there's every dog is different. Their prey drive is different. Um, Training times are different, Um, but there is like a general timeline within a year. You can, you can be tracking with a dog a year or two, Um, but a finished dog that can even take years to accomplish, to get a truly finished, successful dog can really take up to four or five years, maybe not until the dog is in their true prime six years. Um, it all depends on how much a person exposes that dog and how well the training is and, and just how well the dog can understand it. Um, but I, I believe many dogs can, can track. And we have, we've also seen um, in Oklahoma there's a dog uh, named Brew, Brutus. He's a, uh, actually a pug mix, an <laughs> uh, awesome underbite. And um, that dog has a, a great prey drive and yeah. And there's, there's Teckels, which are a small breed, uh, kind of like a dachshund, mm-hmm. like a wiener dog. Um, but they, those little dogs will, will track amazingly. One of the best that I've seen, um, there is plenty of breeds, um, and plenty of mixed, mixed, mixed breed dogs that just everybody does amazing with. And it's all about, um, the connection that person has with the dog. hmm and the leash, and just how, how they um, utilize their, themselves and their gear. Now, similar to,
2: like, other field trials, there's field trials for tracking dogs, correct? Is that something that you get into at all?
1: Yeah, um, we have, so, like, I call it simulations. This is how we, tr- we practice. Um, there are, is also certifications on unitedbloodtrackers.org, um, that's where you can find a tracker as well. And if you actually check out the map, there is on the website um, a map that shows most of the states are legal now for for using a tracking dog. That's awesome. Yeah. Minnesota was about four years ago. And um, so there's, there's plenty of states. I think Hawaii is maybe one that isn't uh, allowed to have tracking dogs. But almost Washington, Oregon, Nevada... Arizona is not allowed, um, Rhode Island, Connecticut, and Massachusetts are not allowed, but pretty much everywhere else is, actually Hawaii is allowed, um, yeah, so it's legal in a lot of places and Wisconsin has been uh, doing it for a long time and uh, they're, they have a wonderful organization over there as well, uh, wonderful resources, Michigan, wonderful resources, about every state that it's legal. Every um, everybody has wonderful resources, and we're seeing a lot more uh, members. I've seen personally more members in Minnesota on the United Blood Trackers group, and they run uh, tests for each dog uh, at different levels. Um, so you can um, test your dog, and it probably it, it can help certify that a dog is uh, suitable for helping find your deer. Um, nothing against you know trying it yourself. That's how I got into it was with my bird dog and I just took him out and I, I gave it a shot before I knew it was even a thing um, but check out the Minnesota laws and rules and regulations of of course because that they, they do have rules around it now leashes, uh, leash length of course and um, uh, putting contacts on your on your dog or hound but um, and each year it, it can change so, yeah
2: yeah that's the important part right is staying legal and
1: yeah it's a great resource to have but we want to make
2: sure that it's something that we continue to be able to utilize and not yep not take advantage of it or
1: use it in ways that it shouldn't be used mm-hmm. and a lot of states have their own um like facebook groups and such as how you can find a lot of um trackers uh, per, per state as well like for minnesota we have the minnesota tracking dogs on facebook which is ultimately how we connected yeah yeah it's a, another great resource for each state to have their own individual kind of network of people and like minnesota tracking dogs we have our map and you can find us with our certified dogs this year now we just finally tested out chevy's level one um Haiti's being so young we will uh we'll work on getting him certified for sure yeah but i look forward to possibly running a level two tests with chevy and but, yeah, so those are the certifications involved. Okay, that's, that's pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, have you
2: been on, like, any memorable hunts where, or memorable tracks where, you know, something weird happened, something out of the normal happened, or, you know,
1: found something you weren't expecting to find? Um, there's, there's almost, there's everyone, every track is a different story. Like, yours was def- definitely memorable, uh, just the size of that buck was crazy and how he, he was. We kind of walked right past him on the walking path, ultimately. Yeah. And we literally came, but we had to track him, how, how we had to track him. And we kind of w- probably walked past him sleeping. And uh, we went all the way around and we went back to the cattails, back to the. The creek and that we started from where we had to go and we gave that dog that line and he ran that track and i do remember he was on it even after the rain which is amazing actually because you would think you can't track a dog or track a deer after after it rains but uh, rain or snow it has to be very heavy rain or very heavy snow for a dog to actually not be able to track it rain we find some light rain will help hold that scent in that inner digital gland even though you might not be able to see blood that dog will track it probably better than they can on a dry hot day so there's even um certain uh, pavement can be more difficult to track on because of that foot scent not being placed down as well in the pavement versus grass and dirt um so uh, different terrains really and moistures also come into play and it's like a science when it comes to tracking with the hound, we find uh, we're looking at blood, you know, it's, it's completely different as just shooting something and looking for a blood trail. It's once you start tracking, it's, you're putting everything into perspective and that's the ultimate goal is finding the animal. And, and so that's what we're there for. And that's what we love to do. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And you know, I'm
2: fun. You talked about it, but where we finally ended up finding that buck was I'd say sixty yards from where we'd park the trucks. It was right where we had started. and We had to go walk almost two miles to get back to that point and find that deer. But yeah, the dog led us right there. And, and at I, the at the end, Chevy was on it so fast that I couldn't keep up, and I lost you guys in the in the cattails. And all of a sudden, I heard a yell,
1: "There he is!" Yep, I see him laying there, and I'm like, "This thing's huge!" And he just dog gets a whiff of him, and he finally wakes up, and he just starts running. I think we sent that deer basically to the 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 kids park yeah. <laughs> Some big old deer running I I don't know where he went after that I lost complete sight of him but and he was running very healthily so he yeah he was there to live another day yeah and, and for me
2: you know with a deer like that that was really the reason that I wanted to have you guys out was uh, the amount of blood that I was seeing I wasn't confident that I'd killed the deer but I also didn't want to leave a deer that caliber just laying in the weeds and i mean i wouldn't want to leave any deer laying in the weeds if i can find it but yep. you, you put a little bit more effort into the big ones when you shoot them
1: and that's yeah exactly like that you want to find it and we we also want to be there for closure um i, I want to tell you I, i've even helped uh last year we helped a gentleman a couple of gentlemen actually hunt their deer down again and so that was amazing so i mean i I don't think a track is over and either until that deer is gone or until we can't catch up to it any longer. Um, but we do also like to be ethical. If I can tell a deer is healthy, I do back out. I can't follow a deer with my dog um, and have have anybody hunt it. Um, I can locate it, but then by law, we're in Minnesota supposed to leave the area so and that's what I did I left the area and we were able to give a general location to a hunter last year and he was able to go back uh this is a memorable story right here um so he um last year we took a track I won't say where in Minnesota but it was another nice buck, and he was there with his kids and showing them we're looking for his deer I took my dog out um and I this was another one that was alive and just you know it, it happens uh shoulder shot it was running but i could see he was kind of stumbling as he was running so i could i was almost able to catch up to this deer at about three quarters of a mile in and then um but i just couldn't run up to him and the hunter didn't get to catch up to him to confirm as well but i was able to see that it, that that was the deer he was looking after we went almost another mile jevy was just running like crazy after this one again being being that that condition and and how he tracks with the, his current prey drive on that type of a track. And he went crazy after that and we caught it again at, after like another mile in and he got sight of it and he goes, that, that's my buck. Uh, I'm like, I, I can't catch up to him. I, we keep trying, but he's, he's stumbling, but I, I see he keeps laying down. So I suggested be safe, come back maybe with your bow Uh, Hunt the evening after him Um, And he didn't He went until the job was finished And he didn't give up And he located this buck Behind a stump um, And he kind of did the thing We all do as hunters And just goes I have this opportunity And I'm not going to let it slip And he took the opportunity um, Tried to shoot it in the head (laughs) Maybe in the neck I, I can't remember exactly But he said it He shot it it somehow landed on in its eye and this thing got up and went after him yeah he, oh, wow. he, he said it was ready to stampede and it it knew where he was um he put in one more arrow he had just a just a barely amount of time and he put in one more shot in the vitals hit he, he tells me he hit about behind a tree and he just waited for the rustling to stop and he said he Got his buck and it was a nice buck. He sent me a picture. I was at home taking a nap <laughs> after after tracking it all morning. So yep. and then uh, we wake up and he sends me a picture of him and all his kids and and his uh, family dog and they're holding this deer that he got that Chevy was able to at least locate and we were able to back out see its condition and I knew he could at least catch up to it and so I mean there there's even tracks like that. Um, That's another a cool story. Another memorable one was as well as yours. Um, Even just crazy stories of people not realizing tracking is a thing anymore. One time I pulled into a place and a guy came over and I didn't know where I was going specifically. And I messed, the GPS was messed up. I turned around in somebody's driveway, which is totally fine. And the guy came over and he must've knew I was a tracker and coming and neighbor must've told him or something. And he must've been anti-hunter or something. And he came over puffing his chest and he was chest to chest with me and i have a dog i don't i I, you know chevy i don't know if you remember i he's uh he will bite people yeah he's intimidating he is an intimidating (laughs) dog um he is just very protective around his spaces and i'm surprised my dog didn't bite him and (laughs) he was ready to fight me i guess and saying this is illegal but that's the thing it's not it's it's recently legalized about four years ago in Minnesota, and it's, it's a wonderful thing. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think the anti-hunters should get behind it, if anything,
2: because, I mean, you've already shot the animal at this point. We're just doing a better job of recovering. We're getting
1: more of the animals that we've shot out of the woods that would have just been left behind. So It's amazing. The, two years ago, uh, it was over 100 deer found in Minnesota by about like 17 of us and that recorded it. 16 17 or of us I can't remember but it was definitely over 100 deer just recovered I can't I can't tell you how many calls that were taken or how many uh, deer were even tracked Um, but it's about I could say it's a 50 50 shot you know whether we find your deer or not um, it's just 50 50 there's some people with better percentages some people with not not so much better percentages but it's all about just getting out there, taking that track and, and giving it your all. And, and percentages can change as well as with, uh, with capability of, of dogs. But it's, it's amazing. I I can't even call it a sport, like maybe a hobby or lifestyle because it kind of takes over your life and you have these dogs now that you got to take care of. But, um, but yeah, like in Germany, they utilize tracking as essential, and they don't they don't hunt um, boar or deer unless a tracking team is on call, um, so they see it as a little different, and that's I believe ethical. And but I don't believe the United States will ever be at that point. But I mean, finding having a group of maybe twenty people in Minnesota like last year finding about a hundred fifty deer or more, that's that's a lot of meat on the table, and that's a lot a lot of uh, uh, deer located and just it's it's an amazing thing yeah
2: yeah i guess if i had one recommendation to anybody i'd say get on your local you know whether it's your state page or your local page find a tracking dog um that's near you you know don't bother the person don't reach out to them in in advance but you know have that person that you can
1: we can all right you can definitely message us please do um if you're if you're even just asking for tips we would love to help um any information as shot, you can ask us about shot placement. We'll tell you the best shot placement is the double long. Um, that's the that's the way to do it. Uh, but it doesn't always just work that way because of angles. Um, and but that that's the way to do it. Uh, heart, heart is a very hard target. It's yeah. sm- a lot smaller, so just go for the bigger target that's more lethal or just as lethal as the double long. And um, but, th- but no matter what, we don't judge a call. We, we don't like. We like to say like we're interrogating you, but we're not interrogating you. Um, we're we're not judging. We want all the details. We want to hear every every um, little bit of details. You can include blood color, um, distance traveled is another one. That's why I like to use uh, Shane's back to Shane's website. Um, uh, he in his statistics he will label an average track distance is about for all total of his tracks over the few years, is 324 yards. Um, So a lot of times if we hear, hey, we tracked this thing 600 yards, um, we can kind of expect, okay, maybe we have a deer that could possibly still be running or just maybe this deer was pushed. Um, Another thing is just wait times, and that's why I like to use this wait time document, but I don't believe a lot of these wait times are actually... um, as they're quite critical but I think they they could even go longer. Some gut shots it says 12 to 24 hours is a good amount of time to look. I don't even want to look at a gut shot most of the time until 24 hours um, just because some, some gut shots we've seen mm-hmm. could take two days um, but some deer could possibly maybe take a week to track or possibly expire uh, maybe a coyote will eventually catch up to them so there's all sorts of things that can happen and it it is a science and these deer obviously don't, they have a will to live. So they're, they're not ready to die. Um, (laughs) Even, even after heart shots, you hear crazy stories of how, how fast and how hard a buck can run even after getting hit in the heart. Um, That even you'd think you yourself, you'd be on the ground wincing. I I would, I mean, (laughs) I wouldn't, I wouldn't be alive probably, but these deer are running like, crazy through the woods and yeah it's they're jumping it's not like you can always follow the blood spot for spot and like you said when we took chevy he found it in 20 minutes that's another thing we like to we we like to pride on is just how fast we can end up catching up to your deer like i remember when i was young 16 years old maybe 17 uh just a teenager hunting with my dad and when he shot those deer and How long we were tracking on our hands and knees in the neighbor's swamp, and for like what felt like miles. And we finally get home at or back to the cabin at like 11 o'clock, and then we hear just wolves. And it wasn't even coyotes, it was wolves howling. (laughs) It's scary being out there for that long and with that much precious cargo and all these other animals in the wilderness just ready to take a nip at it, like such as coyotes and such. And um, even if, if, there's a dog and a tracker that you want to get a hold of definitely get a hold of us even ahead of time uh when in doubt back out uh we like to say is the term yeah call us even from you can even call us from the stand um just ask a lot of people are just so shooken up that they shot a deer you know they're afraid to even get off the stand um call us we love the clean tracks or we love a track that maybe has been tracked until you cannot follow blood and and that's when we come in and that's when we we need to be utilized and as a group. And that's when you need us basically as a hunter. And that, that's where we like to help because it's, it's a mystery to us. And it's a, it's a challenge that we like to take along with a, a dog and get that dog doing what they love most yep. is uh, tracking, hunting, being out there too. Yep. So you had
2: mentioned when in doubt, back out, mm-hmm. um, make sure you give it extra time. Um, is there any other advice that you'd give to bow hunters or to deer hunters that are going to increase their odds of finding deer with or without the dog? What, what, what things can they do to increase their success?
1: Um, ultimately is shot placement, but also um, like maybe if you have a uh, utilization of some equipment to maybe videotape, we've seen some videos, but even videos can be kind of uh, deceiving without having HD and, we've had to put stuff into still frames and looked at them as a group and we're debating on where exactly it hit. And we end up look overlooking this video. Somebody puts it in HD and they're going, no, no, no. This looks like actually it hit here. Um, so it's, it's all about, um, giving the, the tracker the right amount of data or taking in the right amount of data as a hunter and just taking the knowledge around it. Um, uh, a lot of times these. Like I noticed like on social media is everybody just wants to bash each other. Oh, you can't, you can't shoot or, you know, I drop them in two seconds. Um, that's not always the case. I like to say as a tracker, either uh, you ain't hunted enough yet or, <laughs> or, or uh, uh, yeah, it's just either you ain't hunted enough yet or, or you're not being honest. It yeah. You know, um, everybody has taken a bad shot, I think, in, in their lifetime and, Uh, or even a good shot. I've tracked from, like, my best friend. Uh, Another story is I tracked from my best friend at night this past season when we took Chevy out, and his deer was shot in the lungs. Wonderful shot, actually. I can't remember if it penetrated both lungs, but it was definitely a lung, good blood, and it just got, got to become, like, pin drops. And Chevy, they searched all day, like, six guys, And he shot another deer in the same area and I just kept looking looking we found the gut pile we had to come back it took us I don't know how many tries and trackers we will reset our dogs if we don't think they're on the current track so that we will ultimately decide all right let's take the dog rewind back and there are times we have to do that and the dog will hit a new new uh scent and they'll they'll go after it and it's up to us to read the body language and Um, yeah. So like even with a good shot, sometimes it's just hard to tell or, or with, uh, rain conditions, dew conditions, blood can wash away, but ultimately wait time. I I don't want to say wait longer, but, uh, just get a hold of your tracker. And even if you take a shot and you have questions, um, it's, it's great to do that. Uh, we don't like specifically getting a call where it's saying, Hey, I need you. Um, we took a shot and then we get details and then they're like, oh, I don't need you, <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. At, at least just kind of come forward. We're, we're just looking for details. Of course we, all of us would love to, would love to answer. And, uh, during the season, that's, it's, we will answer phones till 11 PM at night. And some of, some of us get pretty busy to the point of where maybe we can't answer, but we do our best and we will revert to other trackers. And that's the whole point of the network is, um, connecting together as trackers and along with hunters and, um, putting that communication together, the communication, the amount of details is key as a hunter, providing those details is just, it's key. And, uh, patience is key as well. I like to say if you, if you in practice, practice as a hunter, practice as a tracker, um, I, I still like to hunt. So now as, as when I hunt, I just take the dog out. <laughs> as soon as I take a shot, I, I like to think back and um, try and remember best where that shot placement was. Maybe look at the hit site. um, Then put that into perspective. Okay, maybe I got a good shot or maybe I got a liver shot. Maybe I should wait 12 hours, you know, and then I'll put my dog on it. And now it's just a part of hunting for me as, as well. So it's been great having those dogs along with, uh, as a, as a hunter myself, it's great having the dogs along uh, for the trip. Yep. Yeah. Now, Say somebody's out there, shoot a
2: deer, they're confident that they're going to be able to track it. They start tracking it, they make it 100 yards, 200 yards, whatever it is. Um, And they get to a point where they're struggling, whether the blood's drying up and crosses a creek, something where they lose the blood. How far from that point should they go before they say, hey, maybe this is a situation where I need to back out and not spread the center on you know what's that sign where somebody should call you guys
1: um essentially until you run out of sign or good sign and you're just maybe dealing with pin drops and you're like i can't i can't even look on my hands and knees anymore or also i like to think of it as like a 200 yard rule um 200 yards if you're kind of going past 200 yards you maybe just want to call the dog um and then yeah deer can run in circles they can run all they could run in a straight line at we can never ultimately tell. Um, sometimes they'll want to go towards the water. Maybe sometimes they want to go in the middle of a field and lay down. Um, they, they ultimately will go where they f- feel safe. And I, I can't speak for the deer, <laughs> to be honest. But they, they like to do their own thing, and they, they have that will to survive. And so, yeah, a, a good rule of thumb is maybe 100, 200 yards and just uh, have... Develop the knowledge to look for that sign. Maybe even as a hunter, maybe you just want to read that that book by John. Again, it's great. Even if you don't have a dog, there is a lot of great information on tracking deer. Or there are also other books on just uh, looking at certain blood trails. And um, like uh, sometimes there's deceiving uh, blood trails, like like you would think bubbly, pink, bright blood. When it's pink, a lot of times can be um, long, but also um, bubbly blood can also come from muscles uh, moving the blood around. And then once it leaves the deer, it, it can form in bubbles on the ground and it can a lot of times be perceived as lung, lung blood. And that's another great reason to take pictures, if you can, um, for really good pictures for a tracker, we can take a look at it, take that distance into perspective, take your specific shot placement into perspective. Um, some trackers will even send, like, a, a picture of a deer with a grid on it. Yeah. And um, I like to do that as well. And I just go, give me the best idea of where you think you hit it. And just be honest, you know. I'm I'm not here to judge. I'm not. It's the least I care about. I just got to know how how and when to go after your deer and how to do it the best I can to my ability based off what I've seen. and. Um, I'm still learning as well, um, even as a dog owner and training, and I like to even ask questions too when when they arise. To other guys like Al Sherman, over in Wisconsin, he's a uh, judge too for the United Blood Trackers. Um, amazing guy, um, and he I look up to him ultimately when it comes to tracking, and it's the group ha- personally has changed my life um, since I got into it at like. 21 years old you know <laughs> i could be causing a lot more trouble right now and i'm instead <laughs> uh, obsessed with tracking and so i i think it's a lot a lot better for for me as a hobby and i used to have a whole bunch of other hobbies personally and i just decided i'm just gonna focus on this <laughs> and so yeah this is what i invest in and and yeah the tracking book any information um that you can get uh in regards to tracking as a hunter because i believe tracking is a part of hunting you know it's the it's there's hunting and then there's tracking <laughs> yeah and uh, tracking can just be another hunt again when you locate that animal maybe it's just running across the creek a bit slow and you can put in another shot that's still you're still hunting it yeah. as you're tracking even even a bear laying down can still be alive and sleeping and so be, be cautious, you know, (laughs) yeah, I do with the sticks, keep your distance, even, even bucks, we've, we've caught them, think they're dead, sleeping, and they, all of a sudden, we've had uh, trackers stand around them, celebrate, and all of a sudden, the deer, after five, ten minutes of them being around it, gets up and runs, not even kidding you, Um, (laughs) that's got to be an exciting, kind of frightening
2: experience, kind of surprise you, at least, yeah,
1: and uh, crazy thing is that deer was actually tracked again and the next day i believe and the tracker uh he he found it again it was an amazing story that's awesome yeah so they caught up to that thing and they had to cross neighbor like cross neighbor's yards and property lines but with proper permission and following all the rules and the law they they caught up to that buck nice yes yeah, nice. it was amazing nice i don't think it was bleeding the whole way so it's since this was legal this has really helped hunters and as well as even dog owners <laughs> yeah yeah
2: so one thing that we really like on the show is youth hunters and getting the youth out and exposed and their first times out in the fields and like that how many um, first year have you been able to recover or first bucks have you been able to recover for people
1: I wish I would have more um, kids I could track for I' their youth hunters are I think my my favorite hunter to go track for. I think a lot of people can speak for because you see a young young kid and their eyes light up. You know they're super excited about finding a deer and they you know as young as they are they're just so honest and they have they have no idea you know what they're in for when, when it comes to hunting and they just their eyes light up. You know um, that's my dream is to track for any any youth hunter really um, and I. I would love to track for any youth hunter within my area for free. I'd definitely myself go over there and I just want to help a youth hunter out. Um, but I haven't had personally that opportunity yet. Surprisingly, um, before I worked a second shift and just this year, I'm actually working for a shift shift position since I started tracking before I was working a second shift job tracking. So I was actually showing up to some tracks in the middle of the night. Um, or very early in the morning um and just never got that opportunity for that call yet but i'm looking forward to it nice. and, yeah and uh youth hunting youth tracking i think the a lot of trackers are of uh, um, a more mature age comes with uh experience and and everything i'm uh, personally i'm one of i think the younger ones of the tracking group in minnesota at least and but I I like seeing the enthusiasm, the, the willingness to learn from a young hunter, and it's just that's how it it lives on. Is the more young hunters, the better. Um, the more people who get into it, because maybe life goes on and that that young kid can't hunt until maybe a later point in life. But at least that is there, uh, and that's what a lot of us like to hunt for. Is you know I remember hunting with my dad and. I'll always have that memory and I, I won't give that up. So, and that's probably my favorite memories with them is hunting. Right. People remember that hunting with their grandfathers and, and such. And so I, I, I want that. It's like a spirit that lives on yep. is hunting and it, it does. So uh, maybe if I one day have kids, I'd definitely make them uh, track part of a track and family, <laughs> take the dogs out when I can't and whatnot. But yeah. <laughs> yep.
2: Yep. Yeah. I, I still remember my first morning sitting out deer hunting and you know you look around and every piece of grass and every bush turns into a deer right as the sun's coming up mm-hmm. and it's that's a that's an exciting
1: experience so. and watching just the sunrise and the the world change around you literally you think you, you're just sitting at work and you don't even take a look out the window and notice it's raining sometimes but you know you're out there and you notice every blade of grass moving you notice every squirrel in the tree you know causing a nuisance in the woods and and tricking you basically and but you know it's that's what it's all about is you're noticing the whole this whole ecosystem around you changing as, as time goes by um whereas you you could just sit at home and you know not not get to um experience that and it, it's amazing watching the sunrise and the sunsets and that that world around you as as you sit or as you hunt um, still hunting is also really cool yeah but, yeah
2: yeah that's actually one of the reasons that I got into bow hunting was that sitting around seeing the sunrise watching nature and just being able to sit out quietly and watch things happen around you
1: even if you know some days it's it's not what you expect and you don't see a deer but that's hunting and yeah you just you learn to take it in and um they deer are a herd they have that herd mentality at the times they like to move sometimes as a group or on their own and you can never tell exactly where they will be, and or if they want to bed down that day or week, they just maybe want to hit the beds, hit the hay, or where they want to go, hit the hit the feed, and so it's always different, um, different times of the season, the rut, crazy time, and so it's just a matter of uh, getting out there, I think. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you'd mentioned hunting with your dad. Um,
2: I think that kind of segues perfect into um, asking the questions that we like to ask all of our first-time podcast guests. Um, Mm -hmm. So we'll start off with the first one, and that's what's your most memorable hunt that you've ever been on?
1: Um, When it comes to a hunt, I would say probably the one where we were tracking on our hands and knees with my dad. So this one was, I was, again, like 15, 16 years old. We were sitting in. I was in a stand in Wisconsin, and my dad was somewhere off behind me, a few hundred yards way in the woods. I couldn't see him, um, but he was part of the tra- part of the walking trail on the way in, and I just went further to my stand, and we were sitting there, and it's it's evening time, and I hear him. I hear him take some shots. Uh, I think two shots, and we were only allowed to use. I think slug guns there, or that's just the only other gun he had was a slug. And I don't know how this happened, but he shot this deer and he was, he knew he had his sights on this one doe, but I think the bullet or the slug, I think um, ricocheted or um, it changed trajectory within the deer or something. And he actually collateraled on two deer. <laughs> he hit two deer. So this one was, very injured. It looked like when it ran past my stand, I could see um, matter hanging out of one side of it, um, and it wasn't just blood; it was part of its insides. And it was an insane sight to see it. You know, my young age, and but that's what it is. It's hunting, and um, it's a matter of retrieving that animal, putting that food on the table uh, for yourself as a human, um, and ultimately as a, a mammal. And so we, that's part of what we need to eat as well, just like any other animal in the woods. And um, whether it goes to a wolf, a bear, a coyote, or us, as long as somebody is eating and the ecosystem is thriving and conservation is happening and uh, populations are growing when it comes to deer populations and such, um, that's what it's all about. And uh, yeah, my dad took that shot on the, that deer. I see it run by my stand too fast behind me, I could just get a glimpse of it and it went back up this hill in the woods and I just couldn't get another shot in at the time. And so that's part of um when it comes to pushing deer is it's best to when in doubt back out and also not push that deer. Um some people will think they haven't a great shot, deer lays down right in front of them and they go up to it and it picks up and runs. Um, and it's it's very key to have that patience and, you know, even on a heart shot, maybe give it two hours, one or two hours. That meat should still be just fine. Um, even if you say it, lay, lay down in front of you, maybe wait a half hour in the stand even before you get off of it. It's just let that animal rest and um, give them that, their time. Um, and then at that point, put all the detail, relax, put all the details into perspective and, and go from there and then take in more details uh from from tracking the blood and looking at the hit site and all that and so yeah back to that i see this deer running up the hill and um i finally i think phoned my dad and you know i waited i'm like i see a deer ran by was that you that shot and we get together he's like yeah let's let's start tracking um this was like 5 p.m it wasn't exactly dark yet so we we finally managed to meet up get a hold of each other on the phones even on silent and such and Yeah, so I, I told him I saw his deer where it ran. We, but we didn't have much blood, and I didn't. This was, well before I knew about tracking. Um, so this is almost like ten years ago, and um, so yeah, my dad's like, we gotta find these two deer. (laughs) So we look for one, and we just cannot follow the blood for one of them, and I think that was the second one he hit, the further one, um, and we knew that one was just gonna be. A goner. Um, Then we started going back to the other track, which looked easier. We started following blood. And I think from like 6 p.m. to like 11 p.m., we were on our hands and knees on the neighbor's property, like just pin drops of blood. And my dad couldn't even see it anymore because of his eyesight. And I was just young and had that. I didn't have glasses at the time. I was able to see it just fine. And but until it was literally just bla- blades of grass with pin drops of blood, and it's long grass, you know, it's yeah. there was no hope in finding it without a dog. And um, I think it was technically legal in Wisconsin to track there, but I had no idea about it that at that age. And so yeah, if we just had to let it go, and we come back and just so tired and you know so beat. It, it wasn't a good feeling, but I didn't feel like I wanted to just give up hunting. I i i think it was just part of that was my first real track um and that was what without a dog or with before i shot a deer but it it was maybe a 40 yard track it that was where i got to truly see how far these animals can go and i can i could probably say we went for miles that day my dad and i looking for that thing on the neighbor's swamp across the woods and it was a wicked terrain and yeah, I, I wouldn't trade that moment for the world, though. It's hard, hard of work as it was, just kind of sitting back and, you know, my dad kind of standing there going, what do you think? And we're scratching our heads, and we're kind of – I'm just kind of looking at it. And I'm, I just had a moment to look at the, uh, the grass just blow away and just kind of sit there and think, well, as much as this sucks looking for this thing, we're at least on some beautiful territory and beautiful terrain and – um Unfortunately, maybe this will feed uh, another mammal. Yeah, and uh, that's okay. That's part of hunting. That's that that will um, maybe feed some other mammal in the woods. Whether it was, I think wolves is what we heard howling, or um, coyotes. But they're all part of the ecosystem, and and so we gotta do our part in just retrieving it. And I I think tracking has helped retrieve a lot of deer, uh, for at least Minnesota.
2: Yep. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you guys put in quite the effort to try and find it. That's, that's yeah. six hours of searching in the dark. is That's a long time.
1: I can say we've gone further, too. Um, but that, that one was just memorable. memorable. Um, yeah. Yeah, my dad and I, he, he's not the best shot. <laughs> but he he's, he's a great guy to hunt with, and he has uh, taken some deer, and he has taken some good shots, so it, it happens to everybody. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, just this year I found out I have uh, bad eyesight and it wasn't until I'm at work reading minuscule prints, uh, blueprints and schematics that are so small that I'm kind of like, you know what, this might be a little bit of a struggle. <laughs> and I've, I didn't need glasses when I was younger, but I thought nah, my eyesight's probably fine. And come to find out again, I should, I should wear glasses. <laughs> so maybe that threw me off, but and there's bow hunting as well as a science. Um, when it comes to what arrow you use, what broad tip you're using, the trajectory, uh, are you following your arrow upon your shot, and are you holding it at the same anchor point as what you train with? And that repetition is key. Um, it's, I want to say a lot about looking at the big picture and just breaking it all down yeah. And as a hunter and as a tracker.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, there's a lot to break it all
2: down. Yeah. Um, i know last year after i shot that buck and i was sitting in the tree trying to get a hold of trackers and stuff i found an app that they have on your phone and you can go in and set all the different parameters for your shot you can line the deer up just how it was and yeah say hey this is where i put my pin when i let go and this is the yardage i thought i had it at yep and it's like man the difference from being a heart shot or a, l- a double lung shot on that deer that I was looking at to missing just barely underneath the chest cavity and hitting just that far elbow, which is what I think happened, having time to think about it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not much. It's very small differences in the speed of the arrow or the wind that matter a lot. So
1: It's all about the, the little details and, and, um, how you can, uh, look at that big picture and break it down in that little amount of time that you have to retrieve that animal. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot of information to take in, honestly, and it's I like to call it deer math. <laughs> if you're doing the math in your head on how are you going to find this thing. <laughs> but, yeah, I think it's all about, like you said, when it comes back to the youth hunters, it's all about the memories you make with. I mean, for me, it's the memories I make with the trackers, the memories I make with in the woods with my dad, and and even along with you now where you're having a podcast, so it's all about the memories we make and even with the dogs and I I'll always look back on it as what is the the best part of my life is tracking hunting and and doing this thing that I love. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh second question that
2: we always ask our new guests yeah. is what's your dream hunt? Say money's no object, you can go anywhere, travel anywhere. What's your dream animal, dream hunt that you want to do? Um
1: I haven't really thought on it exactly. I've I've got a dream track Okay. Um, I just want to go to, like, let's say, somewhere in Europe, Western Europe, like uh, Germany, like, because of how much they have established tracking, and the system, and just their teams. They've they've been tracking for um, a lot longer than we've been legal to track. So um, there's trackers out there that are so knowledgeable, but we don't even speak the same language and. Um, i've just always being where my parents are from uh, europe originally um, they're immigrants and i was born here and i i had that aspect growing up and i've always maybe wanted to go back to the overseas in the world and um, at least one point in my life and maybe ship a dog with me and i don't think chevy can do it because of his size and he's he's a nervous fellow he that dog likes to be around his home environment and um just track basically and um close to home and then he likes to go sleep in his own bed at night but (laughs) um but yeah maybe one day i can go take a track overseas for a deer or a boar um maybe in germany but that that requires in germany like uh, testing they have uh, their own testing to even track over there um and I believe more strict uh, set of rules and it's a lot of dealing with the dog's obedience as well. And it's, it's amazing though, I believe uh, having that structure and I've just dreamed of going maybe, or even New Zealand doing a track just somewhere overseas where I can go witness another environment. I, I really enjoy, my favorite part of tracking is just seeing the environments I get to go to without, I, I, don't have that permission maybe or you know I, I wouldn't just be walking my dog in that woods like you and I did in the park and yeah. getting to see what that swamp is like what that cattail's <laughs> like and how hard it is to walk through that's uh, that's what I like is is just ec- experiencing that and um, going through that yeah yeah I grew up hunting doing deer drives and
2: walking through cattails and Yeah, I've never been in cattails that were so high above my head. They must have been ten to twelve feet tall at some points. It was it was crazy in there.
1: Yeah, (laughs) right. And that's that's the thing. I mean, it was that was some tough walking. And sometimes I want to kick myself in the ass for 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 taking a track through that, but I can't I can't decide. And I I'll just I'll take a track for whatever reason. I'm not going to overlook that. And I just like to think of it as when I get home, I'm still. Um either way I'm tired and I'm still happy I did I did what I like to do and I, I go home happy doing that and as I wish I could do it as long as I live tracking <laughs> yeah. and hunting. But yeah. Awesome. Uh last question for you. Uh, we
2: like I'd mentioned before, we really like to, you know, educate the next generation of hunters, youth hunters, things like that. Um if you have any advice or one piece of advice for a youth hunter or one sort of thing you'd recommend to a youth hunter what would that be um first
1: piece of advice is don't give up uh tracking hunting however you you want to look at it is just don't give up um let, if if you ever have to ask anybody anything ask them feel free to ask a lot, a lot of people like to ask questions and if somebody doesn't give you the right answer then maybe look for somebody else who can give the right answer um and and just communicate and ask away and uh yeah don't give up and just keep striving um even if somebody maybe critiques a shot you took don't don't look at it that way um just let them be and you you're, you're going to keep hunting until you see the next deer until until you maybe come across that same buck again you just don't give up and you just keep hunting for years to come and you keep maybe providing uh, deer on the table and some venison maybe for your friends a grill out it's it's an amazing thing um, to just keep going, keep striving. Another thing is just keep learning um, Like let's say like these documents I like to look at them and I still like to look at tracks and put my own perspective or details that I've looked, taken into it but I also like to look at like what Shane has put out. This is years of data and it's re- truly, He looks at pass-throughs, non-pass-throughs. He looks at gut shots, liver shots, one-lung shots, percentages. I mean, just taking, telling you what he's seeing for percentages of compound bows versus crossbows. I mean, just taking that information. And when when you don't give up, all you can do is learn. And just keep striving. And, and yeah. That's some great advice. Thank you. Great advice. Um, Naz,
2: thanks for joining us on the show. It's been awesome. Um, Everybody at home out check out the minnesota tracking dogs facebook page um or if you're not from minnesota go find a page for your local tracking dogs page um get in contact with some trackers and you know really boost that that odds of finding your animal if you make a bad shot
1: this fall or even a good shot yeah even a good shot i mean we can find it maybe faster or um help help along the way um also with just there's nerves that come into play we're all human and There's so many perspectives and aspects and, um, things we have to take into play. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Awesome. Well said, um, guys, we will be back next week. This week's episode was brought to you by Ridge Rock Hunt Club. Go check them out. Derek and Lacey do a great job of providing hunts for hunters who are looking to get into some of those dream hunts throughout the country. Um, we'll be back next week. It may be Sam. It may be me either way. We will see you then. Thanks for joining us on fall obsession podcast.